0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 175 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? Not much, and we're here... Well, I mean, maybe the audience might have a lot lineup. I don't know.
0: Oh,
1: man. Are you asking me or no? Uh, I don't
0: know who I was asking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to finish up April of 2016. We have some stuff to talk about. I know that um we had said and planned on episode 175 uh, being Fall of the Mutants. The flashback episode, but that just didn't quite work out. And that's okay, because we got lots whomp,
0: of good stuff.
1: Womp, <laughs> <laughs> womp. That's okay, because we got lots of good stuff to talk about today. Uh, we have all new Wolverine, Old Man and Logan, some Apocalypse Wars to catch up on. Uh, we'll continue with our Deadpool Sabretooth story. All kinds of good stuff. We're going to try to get this first section in under the gun. I don't, don't know how much longer, always going to be a sweep. And nothing's worse than a cranky intern. So. Yeah. See if we can get through these first couple of books without, we don't want to rush, but you know, I think we can get a nice focused pace going. So.
0: Yeah, that's what happens when you only pay your interns in formula.
1: <laughs> Ooh, the math formula, the secret formula. He's a spy. Anyway, uh, you ready to talk some comics? Let's do it. All right, here we go. All right, so first up, we're going to talk about our two main Wolverine books. We have All New Wolverine number seven, and Old Man Logan number five. Mm. All New Wolverine number seven, guest starring in the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, as it says on the cover. <laughs> and this is a uh, Father Lost, written by Tom Taylor, art by a new artist, new regular artist, as far as I know. Uh, Marcio Takara. Colors by Jordan Boyd. And letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woo-hoo. Manny Medeiros does the production design. And Bingo does the cover. And uh, Bingo's cover, you um, have the nice little comic book kind of headshot uh, with Squirrel Girl, you know, her guest star spot. And then we have uh, Laura and Gabby eating some Chinese food on a deck. And I didn't even notice the first my first glance, but down in the corner... We have some beat up bad guys, and they have some claw marks in them, so we know that they just uh, kicked some butt. And I'm assuming took the names, and and, out and then they ordered some uh, takeout Chinese.
0: Oh yeah, so Wolverine has her whatever she, egg roll speared through her
1: claw. Claw. Huh.
0: That's one way of using it.
1: <laughs> I'm not, you know. I don't remember where I read or saw this, or even if it was. Oh wait, it was. I think it was in Giant Size Little Marvel, when they talk about like Wolverine's cutting up meat with his claws, and they're like, "Is that sanitary?"
0: (laughs) I just always wondered, like when they went to the bathroom, did they, they ever accidentally cut themselves?
1: Like an accidental snip. well, I I wouldn't think Laura would, but you know. Wolverine, Wolverine might be the guy that pees with his hands on his hips. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, sometimes you don't have control over your bodily functions. And I'm assuming that popping their claws <laughs> is possibly a bodily function. <laughs>
1: Maybe so. Anyway, what do you think of this cover? Eh. It, it's probably my least favorite of Bingo so far. I've really been enjoying his covers a lot on this series. It's a little too cutesy. I don't know. what. I don't know. Maybe it's just hard to draw people stuffing their faces, but...
0: It's Scooby-Doo-ish.
1: A little bit. A little bit. And I... I have a question. I know she's a very popular character right now, and... Spoiler, I actually really enjoyed her in this issue. But I have a very sincere question that's not making fun. I'm not making a joke. And I, I want... And want to see more diverse heroes, and everyone should have a hero to look up to. But in all honesty, is Squirrel Girl supposed to have Asperger's? <laughs> no, I, I mean, Maybe seriously. Maybe it's just a lazy eye. Or like cross-eyed all the time, but also the way, I don't know, the, just the way they write her. I'm just, I don't know. And I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. wait. Squirrel Girl has her own book?
1: Oh, yeah, it does pretty well, actually.
0: don't put that one on my poll list
1: okay I'm I'm not I haven't read any much of it or any of it to be honest but I thought it was a joke uh, it was she started off right. so Squirrel Girl was in the uh, Great Lake Avengers okay which was a joke book and I don't as far as I know she's the only character that has survived but people just really latched on to her and so She's kind of one of those funny characters, which you know, I usually don't buy those books because I can only handle them in small doses. But kind of like a Deadpool, Howard the Duck, Harley Quinn, that uh, yeah, kind of.
0: Mm, okay.
1: And there's a there's a section of the audience that really enjoys those books, and and hey, more power to them. You buy like what you buy, buy what you like, whatever. But anyway, so remember. That Laura uh, has lost most of her clones, except for Gabby, and you know she's kind of taken her in under her wing.
0: Temporarily.
1: Temporarily. So we get a nice flashback with Laura and Logan at the X-School. So right off the bat, definitely different artistic style yes. from Takara. Um, we'll talk about our overall opinions of it later. Uh, colors are also very different uh, from Boyd to Fairbairn, or other way, Fairbairn to Boyd. So, right right away, kind of the first thing you notice, we're back to kind of our more wafy Laura, as opposed to kind of the squatty or bulkier, which...
0: But she's younger in this flashback.
1: She body. is younger, and and kudos, not like she is skinny or thinner, but she doesn't have like massive boobs. Yes. Like she looks truly and honestly like an honest representation of...
0: Tween Laura.
1: Yeah. Or how old... I think she's probably older than that, but... Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so Logan is uh, leaving the school. She doesn't want him to go. Actually, she wants to go with him. She doesn't care if he goes or not. She just doesn't want to stay there without him. But he's like, nope, go back. And and basically, she's she's concerned that the, the other students don't accept her. <laughs> we get a good line. She goes, I can smell their fear. And Logan's like, well, first of all, saying you can smell people's fear probably won't make them any less scared of you. Yeah. (laughs) And he says that he knows it's hard to trust people, but that's a good place for her to be. And he says, where I'm going, people get hurt, and I'm trying to keep you away from that.
0: But she just wants to live in a house with a white picket fence and have him make sandwiches. No. Well.
1: He says that can't happen.
0: And she says, why not?
1: Oh, okay, right. Uh, Because, uh galactus will step on the picket fence and the sandwiches because
0: he has a big foot
1: (laughs) really big foot i love this panel um she's like please don't leave me and it's raining and she's getting rained on and then the next panel logan kind of looks down and you know that like kind of stabbed him right in the chest yeah you know but at the same time he's got his mission and he's like you trust me yes so trust me kid you're better off with the institute and it's not like I'm leaving you forever. And he drives off on his motorcycle mm. into the rain uh, to a Prince song. R.I.P. But then we go back to now. She's mumbling in her suite, please don't leave me. And she hears a growling. So she jumps up, puts on her house shoes and her bathrobe.
0: Which, that does not seem like Wolverine to me.
1: No. I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a cool panel and kind of endearing. But I think she would be like already at the door. Like Just in whatever she happened to be sleeping.
0: Yeah, if she was in her underwear and a t-shirt, yeah. she'd be yes. there.
1: Or whatever she's in, yeah. She wouldn't take the time to put anything on. But anyway, we get a snick as she approaches the door. We have more growling. Uh, she grabs the handle. I love this panel.
0: <laughs> I'm so, glad
1: someone does. Oh, dude, I think this is fantastic. So Squirrel Girl is in the door with an actual Wolverine. And she's it's like a wordplay because she's yelling at Wolverine. But she's also presenting a Wolverine. You know, she's like, Wolverine and the Wolverine's still growling and he's all foaming at the mouth and his claws are slashing and we just you can't you only see Laura from the back, but you can almost see the expression on her face.
0: Yes. I have the exact same expression.
1: <laughs> We're gonna be very different on this book, I can tell already. But she has a great full page panel, great art, great colors. And Wolverine looks amazing. <laughs>
0: Which Wolverine?
1: The one that looks like a rabies, uh, a beaver with rabies. Which, <laughs> that's a whole different comic.
0: All right, next page.
1: Next page. So Wolverine's like, what the and the Wolverine, the, the animal Wolverine? This is that her. His and name's uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, yes. And Squirrel Girl says she was going to call, but she didn't have her number. And um, and Laura lies, says she doesn't have a phone. And the squirrel girl's like, well, that's just weird. The Wolverine runs off. Uh, not the Wolverine, the animal. Runs off into Gabby's room, and Laura is very concerned. But she opens the door, and Gabby is, is hugging the pet Wolverine. Um, and it goes all like Looney Tunes, like, I will walk him, and feed him, and dress him up in fine suits, and build little cities, cut a cardboard for him to tear through like some hairy, giant, formerly attired monster. I just thought that was really Fun. Really i cute. love him and name him and call him george <laughs> and squirrel girl squ- that's gonna be hard that's hard for me to say just gonna put squirrel that squirrel girl squirrel girl squirrel girl um like ooh, i like her <laughs> laura wants to know a why she's there and why she brought a pet wolverine and uh squirrel girl is a uh, very dramatic it's a life or death and um you know thought that the wolverine could explain it to her
0: <laughs> yeah because she thinks Or talks to Wolverines. She can
1: talk to squirrels, so Wolverine can talk to Wolverines, right? I mean, she's Squirrel Girl, talks to squirrels.
0: That logic does not make sense. (laughs) Because, yes, she can talk to squirrels.
1: And Spider-Man can talk to spiders. Right. Not really. No. No, I mean. By that logic.
0: Right. But why would she need, if Squirrel Girl can't talk to a Wolverine, why does she need the Wolverine to
1: translate? Not to translate, she just thought it could give her, like, a different perspective. I don't know. But Laura's (laughs) like, I can't talk to wolverines. And Gabby says the obvious, well, of course you can. Anyone can talk to a wolverine.
0: (laughs) Hello, understandably irritated animal.
1: Yeah, that was great.
0: I wanted her to say, hello, understandably irritated reader.
1: No way, I'm loving this. Um... (laughs) And Squirrel Girl's like, maybe I
0: didn't drink enough when I read
1: this. <laughs> squirrel Girl's like, have you ever tried? And then she's like, all right, well, Jonathan, you don't have to be here. And Squirrel Girl has a message. She has wronged the Squirrel World, and she points. And then we literally have like a frozen two panels of her just holding her point. Oh my goodness. And the Wolverine sniffs. And Laura's like, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> The squirrel girl relates the story. From, remember when we had the squirrel? Yeah. And so apparently, when when we had that squirrel, the tree that they wrecked into with the bad guys was the squirrel's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had the penthouse suite in that tree. And um, also, the squirrel she put the tracker on was Daddy Squirrel. Yep. And so, Mama Squirrel and Baby Squirrel are upset. And uh, Laura, surprisingly, kind of, I thought, was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll get dressed. That was shocking to me. Yeah. And <laughs> Squirrel Girl jumps off the fire escape. Squirrel Girl, Wolverine, greatest team up you've ever seen. Oh, brother. <laughs>
0: Even Ollie
1: grunted at that one. huh. And then Gabby's all ready to go. And Laura's like, nope, you're staying here. You Need to keep uh, Jonathan the Wolverine from eating the furniture. And you need to get asleep. sleep. Until we find you a new home. Uh, you're my guest. And Gabby's like, I'm just a guest. Yeah, I like this interaction between them. It's really nice. Um, and it leads up to a very touching moment here in a second. But Laura, un- and you know, you can't really fault her logic. She's like, hey, you know, I saved you, but you deserve like a normal life. You don't want to be traipsing around with me and getting in trouble. Or, right. You know, my, my life is not normal at all. I mean, I just got woke up by a late night break-in by Squirrel Girl. Holding our, holding our carnivorous mammal. And that's the least crazy thing that's happened this week. I
0: like, I do like that line.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. And then Gabby looks down and is like, but you're the only person I have left. Please don't leave me. Hmm. And Laura remembers and she gets a sh- shocked look in her eyes. A deer in headlights almost. And she remembers her saying those exact words to Logan. But she still goes. And she says, I'll, I'll be back soon. And she runs off with Squirrel Girl who call, Who says that Laura has a mini-me that she lives with.
0: Can I point something out here for a second? Yeah. As they're traipsing through the city. So Laura puts on like a trench coat, kind of, you know, to disguise her costume. You can't
1: hide a giant bushy squirrel tail.
0: <laughs> squirrel girl's traipsing around like she owns the place with her giant fluffy tail. <laughs> Baby cat tail.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, and the issue that will continue to guilt trip Laura... Uh, She asked where Squirrel Girl got the Wolverine and she saved him from some lab where he was being experimented on in a teeny tiny box. Who does that? And Laura remembers when she was raised. In a teeny tiny box? Yeah, and experimented on. So we find the squirrels. They're mad. Uh, Laura says she'll try to track him. Do you have anything that smells like him? They have an acorn. So she sniffs it and she's got a scent. And they come to a new building. The squirrel ran in the building. They break in, kind of. Yeah, they. they yeah, the squirrel girl steals the uh, key card from the sleeping guy at the desk. They go in the elevator. They get up to the top. They take um, a selfie. Yeah, well, Wolverine says she did a good job of getting the key card. And Squirrel Girl's like, all right, that's it. I've waited long enough, but Wolverine just complimented me, and i got to get a selfie.
0: <laughs> Do you notice what the logo on the back of her cell phone?
1: Oh, it's an acorn. Yeah, that's funny I did not notice that but that was funny that she asked Wolverine to put the mask on
0: <laughs> gotta hide your identity
1: well no she wanted the cool selfie well, it's a better selfie <laughs> so she gets her selfie they go up to the the apartment or the penthouse whatever <laughs> they get to the door and Squirrel Girl's like so what's the plan are you gonna hack the door down with your adamantium closet oh <laughs> who's there and she's like, Wolverine. And the guy's like, Wolverine! Oh, you're a girl. And, and he's got a, a Spider-Man shirt on. Yeah, he does have a Spider-Man shirt on. And Wolverine just barges into the apartment. He also has a Punisher sign hanging on his door. And she sees the box, and she smells the squirrel, and she's like, oh, no, he's in a shoebox, like a little squirrel coffin. But she opens it, and the squirrel jumps out in a mostly full-page spread. And the squirrel girl's like, yes, and she hugs the squirrel, and then take the squirrel back to his family. And the squirrel talks to Squirrel Girl and Squirrel Girl tells Wolverine all the things that how great she was to bring her daddy squirrel back to the squirrel family. And, you know, we know you messed up. But you didn't do it on purpose. You were just trying to, you know, catch the bad guys and weren't paying attention to us poor squirrels. But, you know, you brought him back and that's all that matters. And then um, Laura says, thank you. And gives Squirrel Girl her phone number. And then they we leave, She leaves the squirrel girl, and the squirrel goes to squirrel girl. What did you tell her? Oh, what she needed to hear. <laughs> he's like, "Wait, I'm not getting my acorn back, am I?" The squirrel girl's like, "Nope." So then Laura goes home, and Gabby's waiting there with Jonathan the Wolverine. And uh, this is perfect. Like you know, I don't remember exactly how old Gabby's supposed to be, but kind of young, definitely. Yeah. Definitely like teenager, and probably younger teenager. And so first thing she says. Did you find the squirrel? Yep. Great. Did you find a way to get rid of me?
0: <laughs> so classic, teenager.
1: But then I like this. So Laura turns around. Um, another, we're about to see kind of another distinction that, that, that Tom Taylor is doing where he's kind of drawing parallels but also um, contra- contradictions to, between Laura and Logan. And she's like, Gabby, I should have taken you with me. If you're willing to stay, I think you should live here. This should be your home, like, not a guest. Like, just stay with me. She goes, it might be crazy. Galactus might step on our sandwiches. But you belong here, and I won't leave you. And the end. So what do you think of the art?
0: I thought it was good. But not like, wow, that's amazing.
1: Oh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. It um, definitely has a little bit of an anime feel to it. at parts. Yeah kind of cartoony, but then some parts are also not as much. Well, but I think
0: Squirrel Girl in herself seems slightly animaic just because she's so doe-eyed.
1: Right, and the animals as well.
0: Yeah.
1: I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the color work by Jordan Boyd. I thought it was fantastic, especially the anything outside looked really great. And also just the way he played with colors with mood and the interiors as well. I just, I thought, it's definitely a change of pace. Like I said, I, I would prefer the the people now draw uh, new Wolverine more like uh, Lopez, but this isn't too bad. Like, it's definitely a little bit different body type, but it's not, there's nothing inappropriate about it or anything like that. I found an error. found an error?
0: Yeah.
1: An error in your ways? N- no. What? What's your error?
0: Okay, so... And then explain panels. it,
1: so you get a no prize.
0: Okay, so one of the panels—I don't know if I can explain it. One of the panels, Squirrel Girl's looking at her phone of the selfie that she took with uh-huh. Wolverine. So Wolverine, her shoulders in front of her, and Squirrel Girl's tail is behind them. And then if you look at the panel where she's taking the selfie, they took the selfie in the—you—you you, you went too oh, far.
1: Too far. Oh yeah, it's not the same picture. Nope.
0: And the eyes are different. Like Squirrel Girl's eyes are wide
1: open in one. and Maybe she took different different ones. We just saw the first one.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know.
1: Good catch, I guess.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that's me and my <laughs> OCD no, art. Yep,
1: you're definitely right. I mean, it's not the same pose, for sure. And also, she had the phone kind of cocked, right? Yes. And this one is straight up and down. Yep. So.
0: Which, I can pass that one off because most cell phones will like self-correct your horizon line. They they have edits to that. Yeah. But most cell phones don't have an add tail and move shoulder to the front (laughs)
1: button. Yeah, Photoshop app.
0: Yeah. I'm going to create an app that adds squirrel girl tails to (laughs) all pictures.
1: Only 99 cents. People will buy it. Yeah.
0: And can Oh, and we'll add ears and noses and...
1: Oh, and the buck teeth. Yep. Because she's a squirrel. Girl. Yeah. Squirrel girl. All right, well, what do you think of the story? Mm. Man, really, I really like this. I thought well, it was really okay. fun and I charming. Loved,
0: I love the touching part in the beginning where she's flashing back to Logan, and uh-huh. I love the touching part when she talks to Gabby and tells Gabby she's going to keep her. And I get that I needed the... We needed the middle for Wolverine to come to the realization of where she was at the end. But, I don't know. I kind of felt like the middle was filler. I, I mean, mean, the squirrel was in a shoebox. Like,
1: I don't think, like, the mission was important as far as, like, it's kind of wrapping up, like, a loose end that didn't really need to be wrapped up. Right. But, I don't know, I thought it was really, like I said, just endearing and, and charming and that was kind of cool that the squirrel girl kind of this light fluffy character and this mission of saving squirrels like it sounds ridiculous but it's what kind of brings Laura back to the place where she needs to be and gives her the perspective like I don't know I thought that was a really interesting way to write that and I don't think I can read her all the time but I actually really enjoyed squirrel girl as a guest appearance in this comic
0: I'm just glad it was a quick read
1: Oh, well, yeah, it's breezy. It's a breezy issue for sure. But, I mean, also, it's a definite change in tone from the story from the first six issues, the first arc. Yes. Which was, you know, had some pretty dark moments, and this is a nice change of pace and kind of get ready for the next story arc. And, um, you know, it establishes that Gabby and, I guess, now Jonathan the Wolverine are going to be our supporting cast.
0: Okay, so does this mean that's... Do you feel like they had her and Angel break up so that she could have this storyline with Gabby?
1: I don't know. Um, that's kind of one of those behind-the-scenes things. I don't know if, if Tom Taylor... I feel like that's more of a hopeless decision. I mean, it took place in all-new X-Men, not right. here. I think, like, either they, they But we changed, also haven't seen Angel since, like, the first book. Well, that's what book. I'm saying. So either they changed uh, streams, like, or changed... Changed direction like midstream, and so Tom Taylor originally thought they were going to be together, and so we put him in the first story, and then Hope was like, "Oh, by the way, you know, it's time for our, our weekly X meeting. Um, I'm going to break them up," and Taylor's like, "Okay, fine. He's out of here. You know, I, I don't worry about trying to figure out where it falls on the timeline. I just just won't just won't even address him for a while. And I don't I don't know I don't know like the behind the scenes on that, but yeah, definitely he hasn't." Because he disappeared before that issue came out. So obviously he knew something was happening. Right. You know, at least at some point. But did he know back in issue one and two? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure. But I would like to see it addressed in this book at some point. It's a pretty big deal. And obviously she took it very hard and all new X-Men. So.
0: Well, and I'm wondering if her breakup is what... I mean, it's not 100% the reason why... She wants Gabby to live with her. But if she had been with Angel, would that have affected her decision?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good a good question.
0: Because I would assume with her dating Angel, she would have talked to Angel about it.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So, but yeah, I think.
1: Or would she? Because part of their problem is that she was too being all Wolverine and keeping things to herself and trying to do things on her own and true yeah so i don't know it's it's an interesting point that really hasn't been addressed in this the solo series at all yet so i hope i hope that they do something with it it doesn't have to be like a big story but at least you know at least let us know she's dealing with it in both places right because i think it deserves the weight of that because it was such a big relationship for her all right, well, all that said, what are you going to grade All-New Wolverine number seven?
0: Three out of six.
1: Three out of six. I'm okay. going to give it a middle of
0: the road because, one, it was an easy read. So it wasn't, like, as much as I wasn't a big fan of it, I didn't have to, like, grunt through it. And the art was okay. And I did like the book ended pieces of the story.
1: The emotional piece, set pieces. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I'm going to give it six out of six quads. <laughs> <What? laughs> I had so much fun with this book. Um, it charmed my socks off. Um, <laughs> you can see I'm barefoot. So my socks literally got charmed all the way off.
0: Um, I don't think I've ever charmed your socks off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, just, I had a lot of fun. Really enjoyed the art. Really enjoyed the pacing of the story. Um, it was funny where it needed to be.
0: See, I thought you hated this book Because when you told me Hey, these are the books I need you to read You were like, all new Wolverine With Squirrel Girl And that's exactly like the inflection (laughs) In your voice, and I was like, oh I I don't think I had read it yet Dear goodness, this is going to be awful (laughs) And it was funny Because when I read it, I kind of like Prepared myself for it to be bad And I was like, well it's not bad, but it's not good Well no, because when I read it I was like, well this isn't bad, it's just it's not good either. So that's why I also came uh, in the middle of the road. Great.
1: I, I thought it was a great team up. I don't want her in the book every issue, obviously, and she won't be. But like I said, I don't know if I can handle reading her series all the time. I kind of equate her. I know the mood is very different because she's very light and Deadpool is, is funny. But it's more of a dark humor. I kind of throw those those humor books in the same thing. I can take them in small doses. Okay. But this was this was a nice dose and I enjoyed it. Okay. So, well, moving on to Old Man Logan number 5, our new story arc Border Town starts in this issue. And this is Border Town, Border Town. Going to take you to Border Town part 1. Writer Jeff Lemire. Art by Andrea Sorrentino. Colors by Marcello Maiolo. Letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. Covered by Sorrentino and myolo. And on this cover, we have what I can only say looks like a Dark Knight Returns homage. We have Old Man Logan on a tree trunk in the black sky with the snow. And there's snow falling, and he's got bloody claws, and the blood is dripping across the logo like a horror movie. And there's blood like splattered and pulled below in the snow. What do you think of this cover?
0: I like and I dislike it.
1: Okay. Does the blood bother you?
0: Um, no. Yes and no. Okay. Um, the blood bothers me because it looks like Wolverine bit somebody.
1: He does have blood like on his collar of his jacket. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, so that kind of bothers me. And the way he's drawn being in black and white.
1: He looks like the wolf man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a little bit. Um, so he's perched on the log and the color, the colors on the cover are only black, white, and red.
0: Uh, that's not true.
1: Okay, the well, the snow is snow. a bluish white.
0: Yeah, and the words Old Man Logan yeah. are blue.
1: Okay, great bluish gray. Bluish grayish white. Anyway, it's a very stark cover and I like it quite a bit.
0: I I like the idea of it. Yeah. I just, as a creative director, there are things that I would
1: have tweaked. Okay. Why don't you get a job at Marvel so I get my comics for free? Where
0: do the people at Marvel work?
1: In New York City. Um. New York City? At least, at least at that level. Not all the artists and writers live there, but if you're in the office, you're, you're in Manhattan.
0: I, I I think they'd fire me. <laughs> because I think everything that would come across my desk, I'd be like, Mmm, wow.
1: You're just too particular. I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, what happens in this book? So... <laughs> He's not even trying to look through it. I read it. Yeah, I know.
0: What What are you talking about?
1: Right. No, go ahead. I thought you were gonna give a very like a two-sentence like snarky synopsis.
0: Oh, of the whole book?
1: No, no. You walk oh. us through it. Walk us through it.
0: Well, do you want me to tell you what has happened up to this point?
1: Oh, okay. That's what you're. That's were what about I was to. like. Sorry. When, 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 I misread your face. I want me to I review I the, read the read
2: book or
0: tell you what's happened to, up to this point.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, so remember we've caught this book up to Extraordinary X Men. Right. All right. That's about all you need to know.
0: Okay. So Wolverine is down in limbo and he tells Storm, hey.
1: At Exhaven.
0: At Exhaven. Yeah. Um, I gotta go do something. <laughs> not someone. Something.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And Storm's like, well, you know you should stay because we need you. Um, and he basically says there's just something he's gotta go do. So she gives him a little mini Cerebro and he's like, I'm not gonna need help. She's like, it's more for us, like, in case we need to get a hold of you for you to come back.
1: Right. I love Sorrentino. Uh-huh. Not crazy about his storm or her mohawk. Why? I don't know. It looks off to me. Oh, I loved it. That was too fluffy.
0: That's what I loved about it?
1: <laughs> it's too, like, it's too My Little Pony.
0: Okay. I... I yeah. can see that.
1: But anyway, I do love that the sky is like crimson. Yeah. Like there's the limbo, limbo is all red according to my OLO, and I think that is cool.
0: Yeah. So Wolverine heads out of limbo. Oh, I love this page. It is a great page. You have a bird.
1: Yeah. And then Which? a bird's eye view, but including the bird.
0: Right. <laughs> um, of old man Logan riding his motorcycle. What, on, like on what appears to be maybe the Brooklyn Bridge?
1: Yeah, maybe so, yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, and he then says, that, But that's a whole page, but then it's interrupted by one horizontal panel, and it's a close-up on his face.
0: Yes. And and I love that it just says, but this feels good. So, yeah. like, Logan is rediscovering himself.
1: Yeah. Then the next page is just as good. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a great page. What, what, do, you, what do we got here?
0: So, we have Logan... In profile, riding his motorcycle, but the motorcycle is truncated into five panels, and each panel is sort of like a different cityscape. So it kind of represents like the different places he's going. Right. And it's slowly, basically, he's headed north. So you kind of get this New York scene, and then you get more of like a country upstate that, New York, Connecticut,
1: yeah. somewhere going towards the border.
0: Then we have a little bit more border esque. Pine trees. Then we hit kind of snowy mountains, and then he's in Alaska, Canada. Well,
1: no, it no, says no, you're right. Northwest Territories through that into Alaska. You're right. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Um, and so he basically has planned it so that he's he's crossed the ice road before it melts. So he's there for a couple months, um, and he talks about the last time he did this, meaning he went on a trip to get away from everything. He was actually trying to kill the Wolverine.
1: Yeah, so it was after the villain uprising when he got tricked into killing all the X-Men. And we never saw this in the original series. Uh, Basically, he's so distraught and tore up that he he wanders around the country just distressed in a bloodied, ripped-up costume. And he comes to a train track, and he lays his own head across the track. Yeah. And the train runs over his head.
0: And all it does is derail is, the train. Yeah. <laughs> so he wakes up and he finds some camper's clothes. And I actually love that the camper's clothes are too big for him. Yeah. Um, and so he takes them and he says, since I couldn't kill the Wolverine, he buried Wolverine, meaning he just refused to be the Wolverine.
1: Well, and he actually, like, physically lo- looks like he buried the costume. We see part of his belt sticking out with the x ex- yeah. X-Men logo, Then apparently in Canada, there was some magic city surrounded by a giant rattlesnake.
0: I have no idea. That was the I'm weirdest thing I'm not sure what's going ever. on there. It looks cool. No, I thought it was stupid. Oh, okay. It's like a castle. For a minute there, I thought we were going somewhere with it, but then... No, like, he just
1: walks by it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he talks about how um, the last time he wandered, he decided to go wander back to Weapon X kind of where it all began, um, his home, so to speak. However, when he got home, someone else had also made it home.
1: That's a nice full-page spread, too. The color work by Milo on that page is really nice.
0: Okay, but I like your colors better than mine.
1: They're a little more muted, not quite as glow-in-the-dark as they are on the iPad.
0: Yeah, mine look like they've been hit with some radiation. <laughs> and yours actually look like they're underground, Yeah. yeah. dark, muted... So, then we kind of flash back to... Well, we're going,
1: now we're going to be going... The rest of the book will be very back and forth between yes. his present at the... What the, was it? A, not really a mine. What would they say it was?
0: Oh. A quarry, right? Yes, yes. A yeah. quarry. And
1: then the past at Weapon X facility. Or the future past.
0: So, I think what we should do is I'll cover current. All right. And you cover past. All right. So That way good. people can kind of... Keep up? Yeah. So, Wolver, or sorry, Wolverine, Logan, old man Logan, um, is talking about how it only took him three days, and he's already sort of um, blended into the new role. He already have, has a place to live. Um, he even has some friends. He has like a little wolf stray dog type yeah. thing. Um, and he's feeding it. And this little girl says, you really shouldn't feed the strays. My mommy says so.
1: And he's like, hey. And he's Canadian.
0: (laughs) And so, but of course, I love this line by Wolverine because he goes, is that how your mama got stuck with the likes of you? (laughs) And she sticks her tongue out and they have this nice little um, banter back and forth because he says he likes you. She wants to know if Logan is their neighbor and he says, it looks that way. And then he says, when Steve Rogers found me, everything changed. I thought I'd been sent back in time to stop the villain uprising from happening. Now I don't even know if that's even the past I came from. But seeing this little girl, I know exactly where I should be.
1: And so back in the future past, uh, this gang of of ruffians at the Weapon X program, which, this whole thing reminded me of Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, They've hunkered down in this bunker to escape the villains, or, you know, the walkers, or whatever. Right. And he's, he's wandered in, a lone survivor, and they're like, nope, you can't and he's like, well, it used to be my home bub. And like, well, now it's ours. Yep. And they, they hit him with the butt of a machine gun and Denise's favorite red square. Ugh. Um, and they're like, how many people are you traveling with? And they're like, just me. And they're like, nope, no one travels alone anymore.
0: And then they do another red square. Let me see something here for a second. What? We managed to go over halfway through the book before we had one of these red squares. <laughs> Could they just have not, like, you were doing so great.
1: Yeah. And well, then they hit it, Old Man and Logan it over the back of the head with a bat. And uh, they're going to kill him. And Old Man Logan says, you don't want to be doing that, son. And like, yeah, why is that? And we get an awesome series of panels. They go from orange to red. And you see Wolver- or Old Man Logan like slowly clench his fist like he's about to pop his claws. And they're like, what are you going to do, Old Man? And then he just kind of looks and he stops. And he's, I think literally at this point, he's so like committed to having put the Wolverine to bed that he's, gonna, he's just going to take this beating. Yeah. And uh, he ain't going to do nothing. Like, damn right. And then someone yells, "Stop! Can't you see he's harmless? And uh, a, a girl comes in, a woman comes in and apologizes, helps him up. Uh, they, they tell her she can't pick up every stray that comes along. One day, one of them will bite you. And she says, well, that's on me. And then she turns to Logan and is like, please tell me I didn't just screw up. You're not going to rob us or murder us, are you? And I, like, nope, just passing through. She says he can stay.
0: And we go back to current
1: yeah. time. Parent-ish. Yeah, current-ish.
0: Yeah. And he tells the little girl, because she's now feeding the stray, that he the stray likes her, and she the little girl jokes, that's because I fed him. And Wolverine says, I or old man Logan says, I thought you told me not to feed him. And the little girl, in her very smart alecky way, says, I said my mom said not to feed him, not me. <laughs> I always feed the strays. Uh and so he
1: well, then she says, one of these days they're going to bite me. I literally had to flip back and make sure that like, the thug from the future past wasn't her mom. I, why does everyone tell her the same thing? Like, that's, that was a little much. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead.
0: So the little girl asks Old man Logan what's his name and he says, James.
1: What's yours? Maureen.
0: Well, that's in the
1: That's in the future past.
0: Yeah. And we pumped to current past and the little girl says,
1: I'm Maureen. And then when you get something, I got a little nervous here. So did I. Because we've had the whole will they, won't they, creepy, awkward grossness that Lemire's been writing in Extraordinary X-Men with um, old man Logan and one of his past love interest. Jean. Young Jean Grey now. Right. And so now we know this is a kid version of his future past wife. And I'm like, oh, no. But he does it good. He does a really good job instead. Yep. So instead of being, and this, this to me, and we'll talk more about the most recent issue of Extraordinary here in a minute because that's that's a whole different ballgame. But up to this point, this to me is another example of I can't figure out why, why the Lemire writing this book is so much better than the Lemire writing Extraordinary X-Men. Because he goes in the exact opposite direction, and this direction not only makes sense, is actually kind of moving.
0: Yeah, so basically, Logan, you as you read on, he you find out that the reason why he's come here is because yes, this this little girl eventually grows up to be his wife. However, that's not why he's there, because his wife showed him, or help me explain this, his future past wife <laughs> showed him, or they bonded, but they bonded over the same pain right. and the same hurt that they had, that people had hurt them. So he's basically come to find the little girl that will eventually grow up to be his wife to protect her right, from that
1: hurt. And he says, oh, there's no, at least, at least when mirror tries to make a really distinct point that he's not here to like, inappropriately love her or anything right. like that he's like i know that i won't get to meet her and fall in love with her and marry her like that's not the 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 future past i had is no longer my destiny
0: right and they'll never have kids right. they'll never right. fall it's in just, love it's just it's
1: not gonna happen i'm not i'm not gonna age slower and she'll catch up and we'll get married again anyway no right. that's not even what he's thinking about he's laid all that to rest with his other future past but he can still protect her and never let anything hurt her.
0: Right. So those scars that she had and what they bonded over and what m- m- helped them fall in love. Right. He basically wants to keep her from experiencing that.
1: Right. Yeah. So then we see paw prints in the snow. And then oh, we see oh. blood in the snow. I will say you had a little bit of advantage with the guided reading because in the comic, and the floppy, when you get to this page, you, you can't help but be drawn to the blood immediately. Right. And you see it all at once. Whereas you
0: I got to scale through
1: where the prints kind of go. And then you see blood. Yeah. Then you see more blood. And then you see the dead dog, which is sad. Yeah. But someone is wondering, is that really Logan? Can he really be back? Only one way to find out. And it's Lady Deathstrike and some people. Which.
0: I didn't even. I couldn't even tell that was Lady Deathstrike.
1: Yeah, it's more of her old school costume and you can see her fingers.
0: I have an issue with this panel.
1: Okay, I have an issue with the panel story-wise. What's your issue?
0: I have an issue... I think these are the Reavers. With the drawing. Okay, what's your issue? I'm... I'm going to point to it so you can just edit this part out because I don't...
1: Oh, there's a weird, like... Blue snowflake. Blue solar flare snowflake. Right, right on her vagina. <laughs>
0: uh, I and I get that they have other little blue snowflakes. Like I get that.
1: Right, yeah. It, it but looks like it was probably randomly done, but you know, look at it. The editor at least should say, you know what? Let's let's un. I know you probably ran like a random program, right? right? And it just happened. But let's let's go ahead and unrandom and and put that one somewhere else. Yeah, like like let's on your nipple.
0: <laughs> let's just move it. You know, like. Uh, one centimeter to the right.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Because you know. it really does. It just brings my eye to her.
1: Right. Poo-haw. It does. It does. I, all right. A couple of things I'm not crazy about on this last page. Okay. It's not for sure because there's not like blood dripping off of her claws. But her claws are out. And she's the one talking and just the way the, well, the dog was kind of gutted. Oh, the gun smoking? Yeah. Okay, but that dog wasn't just shot. No, I think I they mean, all he was dragged shit. around. So Lady Deathstrike hates Wolverine. She's a mean old girl. Mean old cuss. She's a bad guy. She's a villain. But she's always, her kind of her whole beef Wolverine was centered around this sense of honor. I'm just not sure she would ruthlessly like gut a dog. No. I don't know if that fits her character. Also, this, and I know we weren't crazy about the Wolverines (laughs) weekly series, okay? There was a lot about that 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 we on the podcast didn't love. But one of the few things we did like was some of the character resolutions. Yes. And at the end of that series, or towards the end of it, Lady Deathstrike had kind of, kind of finally grown past that bitter, like the bitterness and, and she didn't want her life to be all about revenge anymore and about killing Wolverine. Now, that was because he was dead. I mean, it kind of took his death and all the stuff they went through in that series to get to that place. So I guess it's possible that if she thought Wolverine was back, that that would like undo her progress. I disagree. I, I don't really like it either. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. But I feel like this, and I, I hate to say something, robs a series I didn't even like that much. But if, if she's gonna be with the Reavers, tracking down, hunting Old Man Logan again, it completely undoes everything good that happened to her in that series. I agree. And there wasn't a lot. There, there wasn't a lot in that series to like. So why undo the parts that were actually good?
0: No I agree,
1: so I'm not saying this can't be a good story or that I won't enjoy it. I'm just saying that mm, now granted that was before secret wars, so we don't we're still not completely sure hundred percent whether all that even happened anymore but I don't I don't know yeah it, it bothered me a little bit, and I don't want to see the character go too far backwards, and I don't know how you can tell the story without that. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But other than the last panel, and then we'll we'll include the last panel in our, in our grade, obviously, because we're grading the whole comic. But what do you think of the art overall in this book?
0: Uh,
1: I, oh, there are I some will gorgeous always, panels.
0: Yes, there are some gorgeous panels. My biggest hang-up is how Old Man Logan is drawn. I will always have a hang-up with that. And because of that, it's hard for me to see past it which I know I need to get over it and just look past it, but I can't.
1: Or just like it like I do.
0: Uh, no.
1: Though <laughs> no, he does kind of have like a hipster haircut when he's going through the wilderness. Yeah. Right? I, I kind of attribute that to as he gets older, like, you know, his hair always no, like goes back. because it's
0: hipster hair.
1: Uh, okay. But it just kind of, it like, quits standing up. like It gets too old, so it like just kind of flops over. <laughs> like a comb over? Yeah. A Wolverine comb over. Yeah. Oh, okay. well I really ought, again not to be repetitive uh, Sorrentino and my Olo are a match made in heaven for me I love the look of this book the art and the colors together is really 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 good in my opinion so what do you think of the story
0: I like the story I think it's touching what he's doing
1: yeah I'm another kind of tricky timeline thing because he tells Storm like hey I gotta go take care of something like you know Maybe we've gone a day or two. And this is like months. Yeah. Like, first of all, he rides a motorcycle from... Well, now, no, granted, he just says... What does he say? What does he actually say?
0: He just says he's got to go do something. And he'll be back. He says,
1: no, but when they ask... Because they offer to teleport him wherever he wants to go. He says, just pop me out of limbo. And then he's on a bridge. We assumed... New York. That was kind of New York, but it could be like Seattle or something.
0: Yeah, it Um, could be.
1: But so, but at the at the least, he drove from Vancouver (laughs) to Alaska, and at the most, he drove from New York to Alaska on a motorcycle, right, in the snow, right. So either way, it's a long motorcycle trip. Well, and then he's he's at weeks at that quarry.
0: So no months because, well.
1: He will he be says, there for months, but is he there months already?
0: No, he's only been there, like, yeah. three days. Okay.
1: Yeah. But anyway, he can't get out for a couple of months, so this is like a, a big old excursion, and who knows where that fits in the extraordinary X-Men timeline. And honestly, I'm not that worried about that. But, um, yeah, I also enjoyed the story. thought it was very touching. Like I said, there was a lot of opportunity to make this creepy, and Lemire... Did a great job of making it actually very emotionally powerful instead. I agree. All right. Well, let's uh, let's roll that last page in here and grade this book. What are you going to grade Old Man Logan number five? And how much does the last page affect it?
0: (laughs) I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay.
1: Wow. That's, That's your highest grade on this series in a while.
0: But I think it's because I'm completely ignoring the last page.
1: Okay. I'm also going to give it 5 out of 6 claws and I'm going to hope that they can do something cool with the last page but not really sure how much. So I, I'm sure I'll probably actually like the story but it's going to be hard to get out of my head that this character just isn't in that place anymore. But we'll see. Yeah, so 5 maybe out of 6 claws. Maybe she's claw- from future, <laughs> a different future Okay, maybe so. Yeah, because I thought the Reavers were all dead too so I don't know. But um, anyway, that's Old Man Logan number five, and that's our two main books, so uh, we're going to move on. Moving on. All right, so next up, we have an Apocalypse Wars update, and uh, Andrew's going to jump on for us, talk about this uh, issue of Extraordinary X-Men. Well, first of all, hey, Andrew.
2: Hey, Jason.
1: (laughs) How's it going?
2: It is going well. I'm excited to. Uh, I think this is the first time I've done a newer issue Yay. officially on the podcast.
1: Awesome. Yeah, we've had your emails and texts before, and uh, I guess I should call this a pockapocka blue lips for Ethan. Um, <laughs> I said that the first time we talked about apocalypse wars, and he was in the living room, and he got a big kick out of it. I think he was the only only person to really enjoy it, but he did. Because I had another issue an old X-Factor issue I was reading, and Apocalypse is on the cover, and he goes, Apocalypse Blue Lips. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, if no one else enjoys it, at least Ethan does. And that's all that I matters. I support Ethan and yeah, his Yeah, me too, that. me too. So uh, so we're going to cover the Apocalypse Wars, which has yet to have high nor hair of Apocalypse in it. <laughs> But, you know, maybe we're getting closer.
2: <laughs> yeah, at least in this one, we kind of start getting a glimpse of what might be going on. Yes, maybe. yes.
1: We have the name of Apocalypse and even a a head, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, this, of course, is Extraordinary X-Men number nine. Written by Jeff Lemire. Pencils by Humberto Ramos. Inks by Victor Olazaba. Colors by Edgar Delgado. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Ramos and Delgado. And uh, what do we got on the cover, Andrew?
2: Uh, we've got a, I think, a really cool Ramos Colossus. It looks more like, uh, like he looked in issue one of Extraordinary. when We got really excited about how Colossus looked. The kind of really just large Colossus uh, in a desert sandstorm. Kind of see some Floating pyramids in the background, and it looks like what is probably the four horsemen in silhouette way back in the background.
1: Yeah, no, this is a this is the best cover on this book in a while. The only thing I would say, I do like Ramos's mountain of a man colossus, Mm -hmm. but he looks a little more fat here than strong.
2: (laughs) He he looks like he's gone to seed a little bit. Yeah.
1: But Also, what I really love is the colors on this cover. Um, the way they play with light and shadow with kind of the sun obscured by the sandstorm and, and the different browns and yellows. It looks really good.
2: I agree. It seems like recently their covers have been more just, um, uh, I don't know, just like really stereotypical action covers. This one actually ties into the book and the setting and what's going on. Uh I love the way the sand is blowing off his fingers. Yeah, it, it looks great.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's a, it's a pretty sharp-looking cover. Um, and I even like the way they they recolored the logo and where they placed it. it. Just all felt very organic, and even the the Apocalypse Wars little sigil wasn't too distracting. So.
2: Yeah, they managed to get it out of the way where it's not covering anything important. Yes. Yeah.
1: Instead of making it the sun. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. So, remember last time, our um, team of Colossus and his kitty X-Men took the Ark, which is a bunch of new mutant embryos, into the future to protect it. Um, But turns out that may not have been the best move. So, I complained last time in issue number eight that. while it was a better issue than the series has been, that I was more intrigued by what wasn't in the book than what was. And um, I said I had hoped we would see some of that, and I think this issue we do. We kind of find out what happened to the ex-kids after they got to the future. Uh, We start off with day one. and uh, Andrew, what happens in this this first little bit of the book here?
2: First of all, I love the way... They do the blackout top panel day one, and that carries through the book. Yes, it, like it just right away. It snapped my interest into okay, we're gonna see what happened during that missing year. Right, and uh, and it does. It starts day one right whenever. Uh, Colossus, glob, uh, a uh, what? What's the? What's the scraggly? newsy looking girls. I always forget
1: right? which one's Martha and which one's No Girl. I think... It would make sense that No Girl was the brain, but then that means that Martha Ernst. talks in third person. So. Well, I think...
2: <laughs> yeah, I think er- No Girl is the floating brain. Okay. And I think No Girl and Martha might be the same person. Oh, okay. also calls that person Ernst?
1: Okay. Alright, yeah.
2: But Ernst is a guy's name. Is that a guy?
1: Is it? I don't know.
2: It it looks like a weird old lady dressed
1: as a newsie. <laughs> yeah, it does. I don't I'm trying to remember. This is these are all uh or not all. Minus a null or uh, characters from Grant Morrison's X Men run, which I enjoyed but have not read in several years. So Yeah, I'm, I've
2: got kind of a black hole on, on Ernst <laughs> here. But anyway, so it's day but, one. Yeah, day they eight,
1: arrive three. with a shrak, they shrack on in there.
2: Yeah, and uh, real really cool art here right on day one. Yeah, the se- the second page when they see the giant, they see a giant apocalypse temple pyramid, which looks super cool.
1: It does. It looks great. Uh,
2: and uh, it you know quickly goes into uh, the four horsemen of apocalypse showing up. Um, and. It was a really, it was interesting choices uh, for who the four horsemen are. Right. And I love the way they look. I do too. So you get crazy, weird venom.
1: Yeah, or at least a symbiote anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like all teeth and tongue. It, it <laughs> There's not even really a face.
1: It's fantastic. like if Eric Larson's venom was made out of, Something like like you had an action figure of Eric Larson's Venom and you left it outside like on a Texas summer day in August and it like melted like a disfigure. And disfigured. Right. Like, that's what you got.
2: Yeah, it it's great man thing, which basically they didn't change anything. He just he's man thing. He's <laughs> right. already he's he, already man thing enough.
1: He's, he's ready to go.
2: A really tall, lean looking Deadpool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then a uh, Moon Knight. Is the fourth one, who you don't see right away, but shows up shortly.
1: Yeah, I like this design for Moon Knight by Ramos. Um, now, in the at the end of the last issue, it appeared that Moon Knight was female. So we'll, I didn't really get that in this issue. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But was, it's kind
2: of indeterminate here. Right. You don't really get a a look.
1: Yeah. But I did think so, it was interesting that the Deadpool, you know, the Merc with a mouth, appears to... Maybe you've lost a tongue or something, or maybe his mouth is sewn shut, like that uh, abomination of the character from the Wolverine's origin movie.
2: <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I mean, the only thing he says is, Murf. Right. <laughs> so, I'm double-checking in the back. I don't think he says anything later. No, either. I
1: don't. not in this issue.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I... I, uh, I don't know, Deadpool's probably my least exciting of the four horsemen, because he seems like such an obvious... <laughs> Cross promotional stick Deadpool in their thing, right? Um, But he 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 looks really cool. He looks really tall and lanky. Um, I I really like this art. I've been complaining about the art on this book for the basically from issues two forward, right? (laughs) And I know it wasn't all um, all Ramos. They had you know different artists on a few books, but right,
1: Ibanez, I think right.
2: It felt like. Ramos was either really rushed or just sloppy. This is much tighter, and where it's mm-hmm. sloppy, it's just—it's Ramos's style of sloppy, where it's, right. it's dramatic action, sloppy and cartoony, because that's what he does. But uh, I, I thought his designs and layouts and his action is, is fantastic here.
1: No, yeah, and we'll talk more at the end. But I feel like the art is very much closer to issue one, where I really yeah, enjoyed so- it.
2: Anyway, so, so they, they get into a brouhaha with the horsemen. Colossus um, tells the kids to take the Ark and head for the doorway to be safe. Um, they have to leave Colossus behind. They go through the doorway, and that's where we find a really, really interesting-looking uh, you know, double-page spread of a whole bunch of different worlds. So apparently... Yeah this place they are has all these different worlds that that are completely different but are connected and it 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 just looks super cool it looks great i really like this
1: they're all in these like glass spears that kind of look like the uh the spear ride from jurassic world (laughs) did you ever see that one
2: i i did i don't remember when
1: when they kind of ride like the hamster wheel through the oh right right right, right right
2: yeah I'm
1: with you now. But anyway, yeah, but it's a bunch of interconnected but separate, like, spears. And, you know, we'll find out later what they all are. But we see that one is very, like, industrial. Kind of looks like New York City, maybe. Then we have, like, a green (laughs) fart cloud. So that's probably the Terrigen mist. Um, We have, like, what looks like mountains and forest, and something's underwater. And then the other two are a little less obvious. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I, this this looks great, and
2: yeah, and Glob does the uh, the Charlie line from Lost. The guys, where are we? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, where it's like, yeah, this is this is different. That that in that's the last you see of Day One is them being separated from Colossus, and now on into these different worlds.
1: Right. So we go to Day Six, and um. They meet this troll guy whose name is. Um, well, they call him a Goblin thingy, which offends him. But he talks.
2: What does he say? His name is. He calls himself Moogum.
1: Moogum, Yeah. Yeah. And so he says that he will lead them to a safe place. You know, as long as they they help him find some food, which you, you know, because this is basically a Golem type character, there's going to be some kind of tricksy habitses. You know, to his uh, to his proposal, but um, but the the X Men kids agree. Uh, we find out a little bit more about where they are right now. They're in Magica, where the Scarlet Queen is the ruler, which one can assume that's probably the Scarlet Witch or some version thereof. Um,
2: which we need to come back to that because I got a thought on that. How that kind of doesn't make sense with what we find out later.
1: Okay, All right. And then we see a big toothy grin from Mugam as he is explains the the details of his deal that they will be the snack because Mugam hungry and he turns into a giant uh, demonic bat worm monster thing,
2: <laughs> which which looks fantastic because it's in that panel where he changes it looks like he just exploded into this just giant yeah. creature like I can feel the energy
1: no and and everything i and i think you as well but everything that that we complained about with ramos's art in uh with the fight in limbo yes like like he got it all right here
2: (laughs) yep i can see what this is it's not just a blurry thing
1: it's still ugly and gross and disgusting but it's clear
2: (laughs) yeah that's what I would have thought we would have seen in that limbo fight with so yes. much opportunity, but he, he nails it here. This looks great.
1: Yeah. So really the only thing in consequence is the, uh, the ex kids get away. Is that Martha and or no girls, um, protective glass casing is cracked by Mugam's claws. And so they know they got to help her somehow, but they still have to escape. And, uh, the, the the picture of glob running with the arc where he's in shadow but you can see his eyeball still it's a great panel um, and then we skip quite a bit of time we go to day 28 uh, and where where are we for day 28 all
2: right day 28 they are on what looks like a lashed together raft going across uh, water world <laughs> um, so they've now entered another they've left magica they're now in water world yeah Uh they're, they're really concerned about Martha. She keeps getting quieter. Apparently Ernst has telepathic powers. Yes,
1: I do Ernst. know they have like a symbiotic like kind of communication thing. So yeah. Ernst always talks for Martha.
2: So Ernst is concerned that Martha's going to die. Um, you find out that, I, I guess this was probably already known to other people, but you find out that Glob has a big crush on Jean Grey. Um, right and uh i mean that's you, it that's just, you know who striker is do you remember si- do what
1: oh, i'm sorry what were you gonna say
2: i said they're just trying to get the other side of the ocean
1: yeah do you remember who striker is and talks because they're talking yeah. about their crushes and Anol mentions that he'll never get to ask striker out and i was trying to remember who that was do you oh
2: wait i when you asked that i thought striker with a y no, oh no
1: no not thing. the <laughs> not the god who loves man kills guy <laughs>
2: Right, not William striking yeah, yeah, I don't know who he's truly talking about.
1: Surely no one doesn't want to date him. <laughs> that
2: would not be a good relationship.
1: No, no, probably not. Um, yeah, so I, I couldn't remember. But um, anyway, before we leave day 28 in Waterworld, uh, you remember Garrett, right? Yep. Yeah, so, so Garrett had a friend in high school way back when. <laughs> when Waterworld came out, and he was very concerned. This friend and he came up to Garrett. <laughs> they were talking about something, and he, and with very serious, very just like worried, he was like, "Dude, what if it was real? You know, Waterworld." <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I hear Waterworld or think about the movie, I always think about that.
2: I just think about that. That's um, the, the little girl in Waterworld is is a is Deb from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, those two movies are inextricably linked in my mind that that they're kind of the same movie.
1: I, I'm assuming it's a shared universe, yeah.
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd actually like to see that movie <laughs> replayed with the characters from Napoleon Dynamite.
1: And it could just be in a water park. Right. Yeah it'd be great it's called Waterworld
2: Yep Like instead would be of wa- great yeah. That was really an awful movie Not Napoleon Dynamite, Waterworld
1: You know I Yeah I don't really remember much I remember kind of liking it but Then when I think about it like With my current taste I don't think I would Still like it so I don't know Yeah I think watch that was someday. just a
2: mistake Of the 90s I mean it's right up there With Chili Bowls <laughs> And really oh, big pants. chili
1: bowls. Yep, Jinkos. Yep. All right. So then we go to day sixty-eight, and we're in what? What do they call it? Starktopia or something? I don't know. But it's a big. Uh,
2: yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it's actually called, but it's it's Stark world for sure. Yeah,
1: and it's a big, just pink, electronic city, um, which kind of reminds me, um, you know, from. <laughs> when uh, we introduced Nimrod in the flashback episodes, me and Cameron uh, determined that the worst thing about the future is Pink GoBots. And yep. So it looks like this city was founded by Pink GoBots. Um, but there's something interesting here because they keep talking about Stark's self. So I'm wondering if this is some way like a combination of like the Phalanx um, techno-organic stuff like combined with Stark's AI and Stark's weapons and stuff because they definitely seem to kind of transmute as they move around but the designs of both the city and the kind of Stark sentinels or whatever looks really really good and yeah, I like the way that all the buildings and all the background have almost this like digital like binary code almost a matrixy kind of feel to yep. it. It looks really great.
2: I mean they even did that with the coloring where it's not just like a solid color. It's got kind of a striped darker pink with lighter pink mixed in. Yeah. Um that kind of gives it that feel.
1: Yeah. Um and so they they uh the Stark Sentinels find out that these are mutants. The mutants are not allowed. Apocalypse will destroy them if they find out they help mutants. And Noel basically appeals to their robotic emotions, <laughs> and he, we get a nice, nice panel of him like yelling at them and with a big like crocodile tear streaming down his face. And um, so they decide that, that that Stark in his old days was um, a fan of the X Men and ally, and so they can help the X Men this once. And they agreed to repair No Girl, but then then they gotta leave. um one interesting thing that I just kind of noticed and didn't really see the first time, uh, when they're when they're explaining what Omega World is, which is which is the name of the place we're in. All the all the world is connected as Omega World. There's all these like floating heads and symbols, and we see the Omega sign, which is which we see on Apocalypse's horsemen. So we assume that's kind of apo- Apocalypse related. Then we see black bolts, like little tuning fork thing. So we have like an inhuman Um, symbol, and then we see like... Which is
2: probably that world that looked like it was all Terrigen Misted.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, We see uh, a Galactus head, we see a pentagram for the magic world, then we see what is probably an Atlantis symbol, and they explain what all the different planets are. So we have Atlantis, the Inhumans, the Stark World, the Wakandans, the Mystics, and the Mole People.
2: Yeah, the Moloids made it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a good
2: joke about that later. (laughs) We also also learned that this is 3549 AD. Yes. And it kind of gives you some insight into how this happened when Apocalypse rises up and there's the trials and entire races and civilizations get wiped out to go to survival of the fittest for Apocalypse's endgame. And the mutants don't make it.
1: Right. No, the mutants don't. Probably got uh, killed by all the pterogen mist. Um, but yeah, they, so these groups that are left were the fittest, which is interesting. You know, like you said, that that mold people are, are one of the fittest. But I, I kind of look at that as like, um, you know, people always say that the cockroaches will out, outlive yep. everything. So I kind of see this as like the Marvel cockroaches, like just surviving kind of bottom that's, feeding.
2: That's exactly the same analogy <laughs> I had was was the cockroaches.
1: Yeah so um but they fix no girl and and send the mutants on their way um you know we haven't seen apocalypse yet and we have not gotten to where all new x-men ties into this crossover yet right but they do mention that apocalypse re-rises and re-comes to power in the 21st century which is you know our time now and so i want you know that kind of gets you thinking well does does kid apocalypse genesis evan does he go bad like how is that how we kind of build into this or is there something else so so it just it it sets up an interesting premise and an interesting kind of struggle of what we're going to see going forward
2: yeah I mean you would assume that kid apocalypse is going to have some sort of a tie into this oh definitely one way or another that's going to be a key plot point
1: yeah it would seem that way all right, so day 123, where are we at?
2: Yeah, so now we're going to go into those series of just one panel per day to, yeah. to fly through the year. Uh, basically, 123, I'm assuming they're going through the Wakanda area. There's giraffes and prairie grass. You get to see No Girls' really cool new uh, pod body with you know Dr. Octopus arms yeah, on it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, looks great.
1: Yeah, and you see in the background what it looks like panther people, so... That supports your, your theory that this is Wakanda. Yep. Um, so then we go to day 208 in the next panel. Uh, they came back to Magica to fight another awesome looking ugly monster. This time one that flies and shoots fire. It's like a worm dragon. It looks great.
2: Yeah, it does look good. I, and this is, again, what's really cool about this art is he got to draw a lot of different stuff, and it all looks different.
1: Yeah. And the colorist did a great job from world to world and place to place of making everything look unique and um, to itself. So yeah, I really completely cool.
2: agree. you get the day 272.
1: Which uh, I'm not sure where this is because it's a burnt-out spider husk and a giant spider web. Uh, we yeah. do find out how old got his big, hulked up body. Um, yeah,
2: that, he got all burned up. Yeah. And so he grew back as, you know, much more lizard.
1: Right. Then we go to day 300. Um, Again, not real sure where this one is, but they're running away from somebody. Uh, That's the uh, Inhumans. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) And Glob says, so I guess the Inhumans still don't like us, huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just them running away. Then you get the day 352. (laughs) I'm not sure which world they are, but you get a funny joke where... Uh, Glob says, "What, what do you think Jean is doing right now?" And Noel says, "Probably writing about you in her diary." Really? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that <was> really great. <laughs> <It> was... um... <laughs>
2: yeah. Makes you. I like I like when friendship is written in a way that feels like real friends busting right. on each other. Yeah, definitely. Know?
1: Yeah. So. So, day 361, it looks like they're probably in the same place here. They're fighting the mole people, and knoll. kind of makes our same jokes um, about yeah. how, how did this happen. But we do get a thing where Glob says, it's Globber in time? Which was really great.
2: I, I chortled fully when I read that. And I was already ready to laugh, because the whole mole men surviving, yeah. with mutants did it, yeah. And then, yeah, it's Globber in time. It's, yeah. That's spent... I'm... I, I don't want it overplayed, but I wouldn't mind seeing that from time to time. That's fun.
1: No, it's great. And with every page and every day in this future land, I started asking myself, where has this Jeff Lemire been on this book?
2: <laughs> yeah, because I've gotten used to just Jeff Lemire just doing the, yeah, I'm getting too old for this bleep line over and over and over again. Yeah, hey, I, you cut him. out a second there. You want to repeat Lover. that? Yeah, I said, the, the Lemire we've been seeing is the one who's written Danny Glover, Old Man Logan, I'm getting too old for this, <laughs> <Yeah>. joke over <laughs> and over. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this Lemire is funny and interesting, and this is an interesting story.
1: It really is. It really is. Um, then we get a nice group shot uh, one year later of our X-Men kids. they They look pretty awesome. A looks just rad, man. He just looks like yeah, a big really dragon does. dude. And uh no girl, like you said, her kind of uh, almost uh almost a Jules Verne or H. G. Wells looking robot suit. Um Glob Herman's pretty much the same dude. I mean just Yeah. But Ernst has gone from newsy to like almost Star Wars looking, like Tatooine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then our extraordinary X-Men show up, all linked by Gene through the eyes. Uh, Old Man Logan has the biggest neck I've ever seen. And, um...
2: (laughs) That is a colossal neck.
1: Yeah, man. (laughs) That's funny. But the X-Men are going to help the X-Kids fight the uh, horsemen. And uh, Old Man Logan gets his second panel and only line. Where he tells Genie to snap out of it and get her head in the game.
2: Yeah, that brings us to the conclusion, which is... Colossus has stormed by the throat. You know, basically saying everything they're fighting for has failed, it's over. Mutant kind ends here, so says Lord Apocalypse.
1: Yeah. Pretty menacing, and dude, that Colossus costume looks great.
2: Yeah, his horseman look is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so I know we, we've talked a little bit, but what, what what are your overall thoughts on the art for this issue?
2: I, you know, it still has some of the same kind of Ramos things that I don't like. Mm-hmm. You really only see them on the last couple of pages when the, the rest <laughs> of the X-Men show up. Right. And they can draw all ridiculously skinny legs and arms on the women. And, right. Yeah. Uh, Storm's ridiculous pony haircut and all of that stuff. That <laughs> my I'm just, little pony is not a fan of. Yeah. But overall, I absolutely loved the art on this. It's, I think it's my favorite. I'd say my favorite since the first issue, but I like it way better than the first. issue.
1: I think I might too. It's really, really strong. Um, his, his facial expressions would glob through the issue. I mean, it's a guy. it's a jello guy with a skull in his head and bulging eyeballs. and he does so much with his facial expressions. It's really yeah. fantastic and and just I don't know, man Anno, and like I said, all the the colors and the different worlds, everything's just really, really strong visually. And I really, really enjoyed this book, which I haven't in a long. Time. yeah,
2: I've been down on it for the last four or five issues, especially. yeah,
1: for sure. Um. So what do you think of the writing in this book?
2: I really liked it. I, first of all, I, you know, I, I don't really know these characters that well Glob and an right. It's kind of from, from my gap that I'm still filling in from when I, I missed comics for a while. Right. I really, I cared about these characters. I enjoyed uh, their camaraderie. I enjoyed their journey through this year I like that it basically got to set them up to be, I think, much more important characters on this team by this year of experience. I hope so. I I thought the dialogue felt really real, and just the plot, I enjoyed a great deal. I'm actually now excited for Apocalypse Wars, which, you know, after the Uncanny X-Men Apocalypse Wars, I wasn't excited at all. No. (laughs) No. Um, I'm now really interested to see how this is going to play out and connect together.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, the plot, like you said, is good. But just looking at the script overall, with the dialogue and the plot together, I feel like this is by far Lemire's strongest issue on this series. And I think part of it, and I don't know whether he's just been waiting, waiting to get to this, like he's more excited about this, I feel like he writes the ex-kids a lot better than he writes the ex-adults.
2: Yeah, you know what? I think that is true because the last couple of books that I wasn't digging, I, I enjoyed that part of them.
1: Yeah, and so I hope, I hope we get a lot more of that in this book. Um, you know, I'm obviously all new X Men are the teenage X Men, so it's not going to be exclusively that. But I hope we get a really good tandem between the veterans and the quote unquote rookies, and I that's what I want to see. Th- this issue has shown me what I want to see from this series. And I hope we don't go back to the, the doldrums and what we had before.
2: Yeah, I've, I've always thought X Men have been at their strongest when there's a dynamic of the younger being mentored by some of the older. And it's been around forever, when they started all young to when Kitty joined to.
1: Yeah.
2: it uh, just throughout the time that I've always enjoyed that dynamic. And, you yeah, know, I'm excited to see and these aren't throwaway characters now. I kind of feel like they kind of on their own can participate and contribute based on the development that took place during this book.
1: Nope, I'm I'm 100% with you. I thought it was was really pretty fantastic. So, all that to say, I think we're both much more interested in the crossover than we were. Like you said, um Oh, can...
2: the one the one thought I wanted to come back to. Yes. I oh yeah, sorry the... about Scarlet Queen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I agree that that sets it up to look like Magicka would be led by the Scarlet Witch, but she's a mutant. and
1: Not anymore, she's not.
2: Yeah. Do what
1: now? Not anymore.
2: Oh, she's completely not a mutant? Anymore?
1: Yeah, her and Quicksilver were revealed right before Secret Wars to no longer be mutants. The theory oh. is they're going to be in humans, but that has not been specified
2: Oh, uh, well then but Magneto is regard, no longer their father Because I was doing the whole There's no more mutants I don't understand this part and right. instead, As I've done on every single podcast I've lost any credibility uh, <laughs> I've managed to do that every time I'm a guest <laughs> so I just did it again Oops I've my did it credibility again. lack quota For this <laughs> episode
1: That's funny yeah
2: for for reference for your listeners i was out of comics for a while yeah quite um, a bit comics only only continuing to read back issues and then got back in right when secret wars kicked off so i'm now trying to fill in the gaps yeah and missed that one (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah yeah it's a very uh I wouldn't say it's a very controversial decision, but I think people kind of already forgot about it. So I don't, I don't know how controversial yeah, I, I it really is. I already
2: was kind of frustrated by the they're Magneto's kids. They're not Magneto's kids. Right. They are just just Magneto needs some kids. Come
1: on, yeah, get the, get the guy some kids, man.
2: Because Polaris is also not his kid, right? Because that was the other one that was. Well,
1: I think she is again now.
2: Oh, she is again oh. <laughs> I don't
1: know. At the man, end of the Magneto series, it appeared she was. But I don't remember how that all played out. Everyone has fake parents and and stand-in parents, and I I dropped you off with these guys to pretend to be your parents for a while. <laughs> Classic yeah, Marvel stuff.
2: We'll get some robot parents maybe for a little yeah. bit.
1: <laughs> Peter Parker one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, when do you want to grade this chapter of Apocalypse Wars? Ooh, the thunder. You know
2: what? I am going five out of six claws. Not perfect, but I really liked it.
1: I am too. Um, I'm surprised. You know, it's funny because because I was kind of uh, sarcastic and snarky when this event kicked off um, when I was reviewing these these issues because I was like, I said, you know, one thing that events are not known for are making the series better. And I'm right. not going to say it's all because of the event is really so far. This story has been contained to just this book as far as this leg of the story. So right. it doesn't even feel like an event yet. I'm sure it will as the books kind of tie together. But but so far this I mean, this is the best issue of, of the series, I think.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think it is too. I agree. It started strong. It started with promise and went downhill really quickly. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm definitely going to stay on the book. Cool. Whereas it was, it was on my uh, potential chopping block at one point.
1: By the time we got to issue eight, was a little better. I think I my my grade went up a little bit on eight. Issue yeah, it seven. It well. Yeah, issue seven. I was literally like, I'm only buying this for the podcast.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, I was, anything I else?
2: Because oh. I want to follow the total X books for the most part. Right. And. Uh, yeah, and I, all new is definitely the one I've been enjoying the most.
1: Oh, man, so that cool. one with Toad was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: Cool. Any closing thoughts?
2: Uh, no, just uh, thanks. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm excited to see where this goes next.
1: Me too, me too. Well, I think I'm about to get pounded by a storm, so we probably ought to let this go, but thanks, Andrew, for, for coming on and talking about Apocalypse Wars, lips. Um Anything you want to plug before you go?
2: Uh, sure, just uh, one last thing. Um, as I've mentioned on prior guest appearances, my wife is a author, and she is publishing her second book Yay. this week. Awesome. its It will uh, be available on Amazon. Her Author name is A.C. Autry, A-U-T-R-Y. And the second book is called Rise of the Seer.
1: Great. So everyone should check that out and then go give it good reviews because that will probably help sell other copies to other people. So go give it some some good reviews on Amazon and definitely check it out. Give it a read.
2: Go start a revolution. Yes. And by that I mean we want money. <laughs>
1: I'm going to assume that's a very um, socio-political historical comment that all revolutions are really just about someone wanting money.
2: I think Cameron could answer that question. Yes. (laughs) Have
1: him on. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Andrew, and um, uh, we we will move on with the episode, but we appreciate you dropping in. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye. All right. So last up, we have our Wolverine Roundup. Yee! Oh. And we continue our kind of lone roundup story that has Sabertooth in Deadpool. So we're gonna look at Deadpool number 10. This is Bloody Meat but M E E T. Uh, written by Gary Dugan, art by Matteo Lolly and Ivan Or Boncello, probably. Uh, colors by Ruth Redmond, letters by VCs Josephino. Uh, cover by Mark and Laura Allred, and I'll, this is my favorite of the covers so far. We have a giant saber tooth head, and we have Deadpool inside his mouth, like holding the mouth open. I don't know if he's crawling out, like he was in the tummy and like crawled out, or if he's just trying to not get chopped on. But um, it's a, it's a pretty cool cover. Um, I really like saber eyes in it. Looks good. Um, also like on the inside flap, there's always the little de- the I'm sorry, little Deadpool. Um, and this time he's reading Deadpool number nine with the Pac-Man Sabretooth head cover. He's like, oh, I get it. Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the adventures of Kitty Pool on the back, which is a hello kitty, but in a Deadpool suit. It's pretty fun. Um, so we see Rogue at Deadpool's office in Manhattan talking to, um, Adsit trying to find out where Deadpool and Sabretooth are. Um, then we go to the bar where Sabretooth is and Deadpool they've, eat, they've eaten a lot of steak and um, Sabretooth so basically remember that the Deadpool was uh, sent to kill his own parents and Sabretooth was a chaperone on that mission but Deadpool thinks that Sabretooth killed his parents so he's trying to kill Sabretooth but now they've, they've had a mule together they're hashing it out Sabretooth's like, how many times do you want me to apologize? <laughs> Deadpool says, we're killing my parents. You can keep right on apologizing. And the waiter had walked up and she's like, oh, I'll be back. <laughs> and Sabretooth says, you know I killed how I was back then. I killed more people than I can remember. I just thought, I thought you could croak me. I wanted you to, to succeed where Logan failed. That's it. So remember that Sabretooth has also decided that instead of letting Deadpool decide or find out the truth and he's going to let Deadpool t- just keep believing that Sabretooth killed his parents like I'll be the scapegoat you know I was a bad guy back then he he can get over it right well it turns out maybe he can't um but Deadpool's like oh well I still gotta kill you. and Sabretooth gets mad and he's about to split, lose his cool and spill the beans um they go outside. Uh, the waiter's like, oh, you forgot the check. Deadpool says, I didn't forget the check. I, w- I just wasn't going to pay it. And she goes, I'm a single mom. And he's like, fine. <laughs> Come on, Deadpool. Don't be a deadbeat, Deadpool. Different name. So teeth uh, uh, rides off on his motorcycle. Deadpool steals the guy's motorcycle. He some really cool art on the motorcycle stuff. It's really nice. The so Sabretooth speeds between a car, a cop car, and another car. And they roll all down the windows like, well, that guy was going fast. And then Deadpool speeds through and knocks the mirror off the cop's car. So he's in pursuit. Um, in pursuit of a motorcycle pursuit. He needs their support. So Deadpool shooting at Sabretooth. Sabretooth literally gives Deadpool the bird. As we have a bird censoring his finger. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. Um, then we get almost...
0: Did you just say ridiculous?
1: Yeah. You know, it's a dorms ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> so Then we get a final destination kind of thing. Then we hide this big log truck... And uh, Sabretooth slashes the the ties with his claws. And the logs start falling off. But Deadpool manages to escape them. Um, He jumps over the logs, shooting guns the whole time. Um, Steals the truck. Shoots at the helicopters. They crash into each other. And Sabretooth and Deadpool call a truce to go save the helicopter people um, they thank Deadpool but they actually thank Spider-Man <laughs> and he's like I'm going to put you back in the fiery wreckage now Um. and they put the pilots down and uh, Sabertine's like alright well, I'm going to get back on my bike now and Deadpool's like uh, no no you're not Um. and he says you know what hold on we're both just trying to To follow that path that Logan found long ago. Forgive each other. Stuff like that. And so Saber 2 sticks out his hand. Say forgive me for your old man. And Deadpool shakes his hand and says. I forgive you for my dad. Then he shoots him in the head. But not for my mom. (laughs) This is for her. And it turns out. It made the news. Uh, Adson does something. I don't know. He goes and finds one of these. Deadpool side characters I don't know about. But he gives him. Uh, One of Sabretooth's hairs, which is not blonde, so begs the question, is it just shaded because it's dark and they want to show that it's the hair? Or do the carpets not match the drapes? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Adson says he's gonna puke. And, um... But this guy says now he can find Sabretooth. So I guess he can ingest the hair and, and track him yeah some kind of magic spell he's doing anyway but then uh Deadpool has Sabretooth tied to a truck and a trim eye, uh, uh, truck and a trim eye. a truck in a semi he's going to pull them apart and Sabretooth's like, that's not going to kill me." and Deadpool says, "No, that's just for fun but this this will kill you and he looks at the camera like he tends to do and he has a can of terigen mist kills mutants dead. That's how he's going to kill Sabretooth, and he smiles. I I do like when Deadpool smiles under the mask. That's a nice touch. Um, Anyway, the art of this was still pretty good. I enjoyed it. Story is silly but interesting. You know, this kind of interplay of of the story they set up and Sabretooth trying to kind of clumsily redeem himself by saving Deadpool from the truth. But it doesn't really work out because every time he's gonna get away, Deadpool just gets him, and maybe he really does have a way to kill him now. I don't know. It was it's fun. Um, I'm gonna give Deadpool number ten just a solid four out of six claws, and that is our Wolverine roundup. Yeehaw! All right, so that is going to do it for episode one seventy-five. That's it. April of two thousand sixteen is in the books, in the can. Woohoo! Yep wrap that's a wrap i thought we had some good stuff to talk about some good comics uh, it was a good month overall. yeah
0: i still feel like my pregnancy hormones are making us like not agree on anything <laughs> i should say post-pregnancy Post, hormones
1: postpartum yeah but overall pretty good so i don't know what actually i do know what'll be next next one episode off will be Fall of the mutants because we've already recorded part of it so i know that we'll get that done and then um, after that we'll continue into may that's how the calendar works, people.
0: That's right.
1: Look it up. GTS, as my young friends would say.
0: GTS.
1: Google that shit. Really? Yeah, No. Yeah, that, that, that really happens. People say GTS, apparently. That's what Camera says, and he teaches college kids.
0: Oh. Oh, I feel really <laughs> old. Yep. <laughs> No, you know what made me feel really old? When I realized that all of my employees are more than a decade. Actually, no. When I realized I was in college when some of these kids were born.
1: Yeah, yeah, your artists were uh, in diapers when you were getting your diploma. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you live long enough. But anyway, this is not the podcast that got old. This is uh, <laughs> the podcast that goes snicked. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. As usual, like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at snickcast. Email snickcast at yahoo.com. And show notes and stuff, snickcast.podbean.com. And um, this is Jason. And Denise. Signing off. So until next time, hugs, hugs and snicks. snicks. Bye. Snicked. Oh, she made me do it. <laughs> At least say and.
0: Oh, and snacked.
1: Okay, there you go.